Coming up on We Talk News this week, WNBA superstar and Olympic champion Brittany Griner gets busted at a Russian airport for carrying hash oil. Retiring Colorado Congressman Ed Perlmutter vows to pester his Senate comrades until safe banking for cannabis gets passed. Plus, a new poll by the American Bankers Association gets 68% support. Plus, Costa Rica, France, and Thailand decriminalize cannabis while the USA cause gets ignored in the State of the Union address. All that and more on We Talk News next. Pro-Cannabis Media original content is supported by Salient Systems, your trusted name in video surveillance for the cannabis industry, and by Revolutionary Clinics, Massachusetts' number one medical dispensary where the patient comes first, and by Accounting Buds, CPA services for the cannabis industry, and by Stylighting.shop. Log on today to get your grow kit. We are... Pro Cannabis Media. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Weed Talk News. I'm Elena Pinto reporting for Pro Cannabis Media. Our top story this week, once again, comes from Russia, as all eyes are fixed upon the ongoing war with Ukraine. Some U.S. officials are now trying to make it a priority to bring Brittany Griner home. Griner is a seven-time WNBA champion, a two-time Olympic medalist, and now a Russian prisoner. A few days ago, Russian state media released video of Griner being detained at an airport for allegedly carrying vape cartridges with hashish oil inside. We're now learning the incident actually happened weeks ago, and Griner has been in Russian custody ever since. She could ultimately be charged with large-scale transportation of drugs, an offense that could put her behind bars in Russia for up to 10 years. U.S. diplomats are working to bring Reiner home, but they say it will not be easy. Seems uncanny to be locking someone up for a vape cartridge while a war ensues. But we send our best to Brittany Griner and hope she can make it home safely with the help of officials stateside. However, it doesn't seem President Biden will be the one to pipe up and save the day. In a not-so-shocking turn of events, cannabis was completely absent from the president's State of the Union address. The items that did make the top of the list included infrastructure, opioid abuse, and veteran care. Ironically, all things that could be aided by legalizing and regulating cannabis. Go figure. Despite that, efforts to protect the plant and the dollar surrounding it are still going strong. A new poll from the American Bankers Association shows 68% of Americans want Congress to pass some form of legislation that protects banks that work with cannabis companies. But lawmakers on Capitol Hill still don't seem to be interested. Congress just filed a new spending bill this week, and language to protect banks is nowhere to be found after we just battled six times to have the Safe Banking Act heard on the Hill. Co-sponsor of that bill, Colorado Rep Ed Perlmutter, says he plans to pester members of Congress about adding that language until it's done. 
However, many cannabis advocates are saying they need Perlmutter to be more than a pest and actually get this legislation passed once and for all. Vote Pro Podcast's Phil Adams has more on what's happening in the nation's capital this week. Phil. Hi, I'm Phil Adams from Vote Pro Podcast, and this is the Weed Talk News DC Report. An omnibus spending bill was introduced in Congress this week that once again includes a ban on recreational cannabis sales in DC. The provision known as the Harris Rider prevents the District of Columbia from using local tax dollars to set up a legal cannabis market. A number of cannabis advocates and lawmakers have expressed their disappointment. In a press release, Toy Hutchinson, president and CEO of the Marijuana Policy Project said, quote, entrepreneurs who live in this minority majority community are denied the ability to open businesses that are available in every other legal cannabis jurisdiction. Although DC legalized possession and home cultivation back in 2014, that same year, Representative Andy Harris of Maryland sponsored the rider, which passed as part of that year's spending bill. The Harris rider has been renewed every year since then. Legislation is now pending that would allow Veterans Administration doctors and patients to talk openly about medical cannabis. The proposal sponsored by Representative Seth Moulton of Massachusetts protects veterans who participate in state legal medical cannabis programs from losing their eligibility for VA healthcare services. VA doctors would be required to honor the desires of their patients who seek alternative forms of treatment, including cannabis. They would also be authorized to discuss medical marijuana treatment options with patients. Representative Ed Perlmutter of Colorado appears willing to discuss his Secure and Fair Enforcement Banking Act with anyone in Congress who will listen and to attach the safe banking language to any bill being considered. In February, he was able to get the language inserted into the large-scale America Competes Act, which now awaits a final vote. Last year, Perlmutter attempted to attach the language into the National Defense Authorization Act, though it was later stripped from the bill. Back in 2020, Perlmutter was able to get the language attached to two of the House-passed COVID relief packages, though it didn't make it into either final version. Perlmutter told the House Rules Committee point blank he intends to offer the safe banking provision as an amendment to, quote, every single bill I possibly can until it's passed. That's the Weed Talk News DC report for this week. I'm Phil Adams from Vote Pro Podcast. There is good news this week as other countries around the globe make moves with marijuana. Costa Rica has legalized medical marijuana across the country, and France is also tiptoeing into the medical industry. The country's government issued a decree last month that authorizes cultivation of medical cannabis, and now they're working on developing the full industry. And in Thailand, health officials seem hopeful that the legalization of cannabis will help the country's tourism market flourish once again. Now let's get a check on what's happening in Europe this week. Here's Stephen Arthur George. I'm Stephen Arthur George with SAG Advisory Services in Lisbon, Portugal. This is the European Cannabis Report for Weed Talk News. France is having a bit of FOMO when it comes to medical cannabis. As of March 1st, a new decree law entered into force for medical cannabis regulations. That being said, the regulators still need to implement it locally. But France will allow the cultivation, 
production, manufacture, transport, and import-export of medical cannabis. Over across the pond in Canada, two Canadian companies receive European GMP certification. Pearson Farms and Zeus receive EU GMP from Germany and Portugal regulators, respectively. This will allow both companies to export to Europe as well as other global markets. On the other hand, Canadian producers will start to face increased competition as more cultivators, producers, and manufacturers come online here in Europe. Over in the Netherlands, Zebra is on track to deliver the first harvest to the Dutch government. The Canadian-based company was awarded one of the five licenses in the Netherlands. They are growing one high-THC flower as well as another one-to-one THC and CBD flower. As soon as the harvest is complete, they will submit samples to the Dutch government for further analysis. That's the European Cannabis Report. I'm Stephen Arthur George from SAG Advisory Services for Read Talk News. Back in the U.S., one state may have found a loophole when it comes to cannabis transactions. Dreamer Cannabis, a dispensary in Southampton, Massachusetts, is moving away from all cash operations and letting people buy cannabis with their credit card. The shop has started using a third-party platform that allows customers to enter their credit card information via a smartphone app, and apparently it's allowing Dreamer Cannabis to operate without fear of federal interference with their money. Ron Marshall C. has more from the Bay State in this week's Massachusetts Report. I'm Ron Marshall with the Massachusetts Cannabis Report for Weed Talk News. Dreamer Cannabis in Southampton, an adult-use cannabis dispensary in Massachusetts, is moving away from all cash operations. They have begun using a third-party platform that allows customers to buy state-legal cannabis products via credit cards. This is a workaround of policies in place by most banks and major credit card agencies that ban transactions on cannabis, which remains federally illegal. Most state legal cannabis dispensaries only accept cash or debit. Merimed, a leading multi-state cannabis operator, announced it signed a definitive agreement to acquire a provisional dispensary license from Greenhouse Naturals. The transaction will add a second retail location to Merimed's cannabis operations in Massachusetts. Bob Fireman, chief executive officer of Merimed, was quoted as saying, Adding a second adult-use dispensary in Massachusetts is a key element of our long-term strategic growth plan, continuing our efforts to expand deeper in high-growth states in which we already operate. We expect the Beverly location to be a particularly strong performer in our growing footprint. We anticipate it will contribute this year to our revenue and adjusted EBITDA growth. Merimed also anticipates the Beverly adult-use dispensary will be operational during the second half of 2022. And finally, a third recreational dispensary could be coming to Rockland. The Rockland Board of Selectmen has authorized a host community agreement that will allow a marijuana store to open at 1015 Hingham Street. This new store will join Canavana and Health Circle in serving cannabis to the people in and around Rockland. That's this week's Massachusetts Cannabis Report. For Weed Talk News, I'm Ron Marshallsey. Bay State Cannabis Report is supported by Holyoke Cannabis, Holyoke's finest cannabis recreational experience. A 
battle brewing between MSOs, MedMen, and Ascend Wellness are locked in a litigious back and forth. Under a deal announced last year, Ascend would acquire a nearly 87% interest in MedMen's New York cannabis business, with an option to acquire the remainder after the launch of the adult use market. But Ascend has since filed a lawsuit claiming MedMen materially breached the deal, and Ascend CEO addressed shareholders about it this week. Deborah Borchardt has the details in this week's Green Market Report. This is the business update for Weed Talk News from the Green Market Report. Okay, not a lot of great news in the business world this week for cannabis. Greenlane said it was selling its headquarters and laying off employees and making leadership changes in order for the company to become profitable. Now, having said that, they did say they expect net sales to be between $55 million and $56 million for the fourth quarter and between roughly $165 million and $166 million for the full year. Ascend Wellness reported that its fourth quarter revenue decreased 6.2% sequentially to $88 million. Now, that sequential decline was driven by lower prices in the wholesale market. However, on a good note, the full-year revenue rose 133% to $332 million. And finally, the Scotts miracle Grow Company lowered its full-year sales guidance for its hydroponic Hawthorne division. In addition, Scott said that the reduction would likely lead to adjusted earnings per share that are lower than previously expected. Scott expects that the Hawthorne sales could decline 15 to 25%, and that's including acquisitions. And that's it for this week. I'm Deborah Bortar for the Green Market Report for Weed Talk News. Also on the East Coast, the idea of gifting weed may be going up in smoke for people in Connecticut. A new House bill introduced this week would outlaw gifting cannabis in any scenario where a donation is made and would prohibit any transfers of cannabis outside of a licensed retailer. It would also nix companies' abilities to advertise on billboards. And the budding legal markets in the Mid-Atlantic region are causing some workers to reach out for more resources. New reports show cannabis employees in New Jersey and Maryland are beginning to reach out for union representation within the industry. With more from the East Coast, Claudia Post has this week's Pennsylvania report. I'm Claudia Post from Scarlet Express, and I'm here in the Keystone State, Pennsylvania, reporting for Weed Talk News. Pennsylvania Democratic gubernatorial candidate Josh Shapiro is running on a pro-cannabis ticket. Naturally, he blames the Republicans for stalling and says the only thing they're interested in is their own self-interest and their wealthy constituents. Who would have thought? A York County-based company called Groff North America last month said it became the first such business in the country to bring a cannabis crop to market for scientific study. That's an amazing thing because previously since 1968, researchers were restricted to only purchasing from the University of Mississippi. What a ridiculous thing. Originally a hemp company, the Pennsylvania firm was one of just four companies nationally to win approval from the DEA to sell their product for medical and scientific purposes. For the first time, real world marijuana will be available to researchers throughout the country. And that is a really cool thing. 
Pennsylvania is expanding areas of its medical cannabis program to help advance research and decrease costs for patients. Currently, they have to pay a doctor, they have to pay for the, for the privilege of getting a card, and for uh, our citizens in more challenged communities, that's just, you know, drives people to the street. So this is a great thing. The Department of Health is making financial assistance more widely available for patients and has also announced there will be a ninth clinical registrant here in Pennsylvania for the medical marijuana research program. Our program will eliminate annual fees, eliminate all background checks for eligible caregivers, and distribute funding to each patient in the financial hardship program. Well, that's a wrap for this week from Pennsylvania. I'm Claudia Post from Scarlet Express, and I'll be back next week to talk about what's hot and what's not in Pennsylvania. From We Talk News, have a fabulous week. Moving to the Midwest now, and people in the Show Me State want lawmakers to show them the weed. In Missouri, the Cannabis Freedom Act to legalize adult use is set to appear on this November's ballot. But this week, advocates took to the state capitol, demanding lawmakers take action sooner than that. Brandon Jones has much more in this week's Missouri Report. Hey, everybody. It's Brandon Jones here again from Distribution Maven with Missouri Cannabis Report for Weed Talk News. And yeah, it's been a very big week here in Missouri, down at Jefferson City, the state capitol. They actually let people speak on both the positive and the negative for the Cannabis Freedom Act here. It's going to go on the ballot, like they said here this next month. So the big things about this act is it would have recreational use allowed throughout the state starting January of 2023. And then the second thing is anybody can actually have a dispensary in the state that has just uh, filed their taxes here in the state of Missouri, just like any other business. They wouldn't have to go through the big licensing uh, loop, loops that there are now to find to figure out how you can actually get a license. So for my, my good buddy, Brennan England, for Minorities for Medical Marijuana spoke and said that this is a big thing to allow access to minorities versus having to have you know a big bankroll and having to have all this legislation and, and help from you know a legal team to get actual access to have a dispensary here in the state. Another big thing is they're going to have an actual um, rally on the 29th at the state to bring more access and more awareness to this to what's actually going on here and see if we can get more people involved. And there is still two more weeks you can actually reach out, reach out to your lawmakers and let them know how you feel about this act. So please do. I'm again, I'm Brandon Jones from Distribution Maven, from Missouri Cannabis Report for Weed Talk News. Thanks a lot, everybody, and have a great week. In Washington State, regulators will finally start requiring pesticide testing on all adult-use cannabis products, a standard most legal programs already have. Washington State does already test medical marijuana for pesticides, and now those same standards will be applied to everyone's weed. I'm Josh Kincaid from the Talking Hedge with the Washington State Cannabis Report for Weed Talk News. Washingtonians are seeking to remove restrictive requirements for non-resident cannabis investors. State law currently requires all cannabis investors to have established residency in Washington State for at least six months. As a result, local companies are undercapitalized and without funding will largely be left out of the national market when legalization occurs. During the past several years, measurements have been introduced to remove the residency requirement, but so far, They've all failed to advance. Similar stagnant cannabis-related bills signal that the legislature's reluctance to act without federal guidance and assurances. 
Overturning general residency requirements or will usher in a new era of expansion for multi-state operators, as well as offer an ex exit strategy for those business owners who have benefited from the period of protectionism, yet are too tired to compete for local market share against the budgets of behemoth MSOs. Next week, you guys are going to find out about Washington State's Canvas Research Commission, but with that, we're going to have to roll up this Washington State Cannabis Report. I'm Josh Kincaid from the Talking Heads, reporting for We Talk News. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't hand them out. Thank you, Elena. It's time for the Florida Report from We Talk News, and I'm Heather Allman from Canvas Law Report. During COVID until June 2021, existing medical cannabis patients were allowed to renew their medical certifications remotely via emergency order. But the hope that these telehealth consultations would be permanent went up in smoke last week. Joint legislation SB-164 and HB-333 by Senator Jeff Brandis and Representative J.R. Williamson proposed that while patients would still have to receive an in-person consultation before receiving their initial cannabis certification, they could continue meeting with their physician remotely via video chat, phone, text, or email. Unfortunately for those seeking that easier route to cannabis relief, the 2022 session was quite the buzzkill to those plans. And with cannabis-friendly Brandis reaching term limits later this year, we'll have to see who takes up that cause moving forward. And while we're talking about the legislation, Florida lawmakers keep chipping away at the ballot or citizens' initiative process. It has often been employed on issues the legislature refused to pass. Let me tell you, Floridians from all walks of life have been able to use their constitutional right to direct democracy in Florida and to improve the state for the better. Unfortunately for us, the legislature disagrees. With the week to go in the 2022 session, Florida lawmakers are considering a series of measures to push Republican leaders' years-long battle to make it harder for groups to change the state constitution, although they don't seem to have a problem doing so themselves. For more than a decade, the ballot initiative process has been utilized to legalize medical marijuana, increase the minimum wage, and limit the expansion of gambling in the state. Yet lawmakers have consistently made efforts to block measures from going before voters and amending the Constitution. So far, our GOP-controlled legislature has increased the number of signatures required on initiatives to be placed on a ballot. They have banned sponsors from paying petition gatherers by the signature, a move that experts say has dramatically driven the cost of amendment drives up. And next, they shrank the length of time signatures are valid from four years to only two years, meaning the signatures can only be used for one election cycle, again, driving up costs. For the trifecta, the legislature tucked a separate law into a sweeping Senate elections package affecting the Florida Supreme Court reviews of proposed amendments. This is supposedly ensuring that proposal wording meets legal standards before being presented to voters. Currently, we have SB 524 that would require the Attorney General to withdraw requests for court reviews if proposals don't submit enough signatures to qualify for the ballot before that February 1st deadline. All of these are in the state's effort to restrict ballot and citizen initiatives. The ACLU of Florida says they are opposing all of these constitutional changes, labeling them death by a thousand cuts. Let's hope the next legislative session sees more positive change for Floridians than it has this year. In other news, in case you haven't heard, the Emerald Cup launched a new canvas classification system for the 2022 awards. The revolution underway at the Emerald Cup 
regards how they will assess excellence in cannabis, and with it comes a new system that will universally classify cannabis based on terpenes, flavor, and effects. The days of simply seeking out the highest THC total is rapidly fading as science has converged and finally proven that terpenes are at the root of the entourage effect customers are seeking. However, terpenes with their unfamiliar names and mysterious effects have mostly added another layer of consumer confusion to an already complicated, overly broad, indica, sativa, hybrid, simplification, whimsical strain names, and irrelevant THC percentages. The new Emerald Cup terpene-based classification can be easily used by consumers, bud tenders, dispensaries, judges, and growers, and will eventually trickle down to impact dispensary menus across the country. In preparation, the Medical Marijuana Treatment Clinics of Florida sponsored an informative educational webinar on Wednesday, March 9th, called Focus on Terpenes. The series host, Mark Matoza, was joined by guest speaker Nick Manjinski from Move by Verano, and participants learned about the terpenes found in cannabis and in the natural world, but more importantly, they found out how the right terpenes can match a condition and can increase the efficacy of medical cannabis products. Let's hope the new terpene chart can help. That's a wrap for the We Talk News Florida Report. I'm Heather Allman from Cannabis Law Report. Have a great week ahead. And finally, is it time for cannabis companies to throw in the towel when it comes to advertising on Instagram? No secret that Instagram doesn't love cannabis content. Unless you're a multi-million dollar company, you can almost guarantee the algorithm will shadow ban you in some way if you share content relating to cannabis. So streaming service Twitch is looking to take over. A recent report dove into the potential the platform has for cannabis marketing. And with no algorithm and no interference with those following local laws, Twitch is pretty much the perfect place to push your pot products. From gamers who interact with their audience on a personal level to the possibility for product giveaways and reveals, if you've struggled with social media marketing lately, you might want to befriend a streamer and turn your sites to Twitch. After all, it's a whole new world of weed out there, so use it wisely and to your best advantage. That does it for Weed Talk News this week. I'm Elena Pinto for Pro Cannabis Media. See you next time. Cannabis Media Programming is available live and on demand on our Facebook page at ProCanna Media, on Instagram at ProCannabis Media, on LinkedIn also at ProCannabis Media, on YouTube and YouTube Live on ProCannabis Media, Twitter at ProCanna Media, and on twitch.tv backslash ProCannabis Media. So like, share, and subscribe to all of our content, newsletters, and shows live or on demand. We are pro-cannabis media. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, host of Casually Baked the Podcast. If you're curious to explore the highly responsible side of cannabis, farming, and legalization, I'm here to help lighten the stigma and build your can of confidence. Download episodes now of Casually Baked the Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And journey with me through the evolving cannabis culture and discover how and why people like you are adding cannabis to their wellness toolkit. 
It's time to get casually baked. 